Say goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to iBeam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. iBeam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility programs. Welcome to the Plus hey. Ads Podcast. Hey, everybody. Cat. Hey, party people. Finally found my glasses, Cat. <laughs> it's always something new. <laughs> it is. It really is. I just did yes. a million things before we got on. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you got to get it in. You got to get it in. In between your full-time job and your passion gig. It's cool. <laughs> I, just made, I just made cake. I colored my hair. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Oh my God. You're so productive. <laughs> All right. So if you're new here, where you been? We've been looking for you. Um, today we're gonna be talking yeah. about addiction and GLP ones like Ozempic, Wagovi, and Manjaro, and many others. Um, what the kind of effect is, sort of real world. I think we'll go into that. Um, in clinical stuff too, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but if you don't know me, my name's Kim. Hi. Um, uh, this is my handle, uh, DMF Kim Amandraro on TikTok. This podcast was born out of a TikTok community, um, where all people that struggle with, um, obesity or type two diabetes or metabolic disorders or PCOS or insulin resistance, something like that, um, <laughs> you know, and we all came together and, uh, really have a nice supportive group and it's kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Not kind of, it is getting really bigger and, um, we love it though. Yeah, we yeah. do love it. Yeah, we do love it. And um, we we decided that we wanted people to be able to tell their stories unfiltered and uncut instead of having to like everybody's stories and like testimonials of their life changing experience, you know, or being like just, just, just shrunk down, you know, to fit like little sound bites in the news or, you know, big graphics over their pictures, or their tummies because they weren't acceptable for the television, stuff like that. And it just felt disrespectful. And um, it was also just wrong. <laughs> So um, we decided we're going to change that. And we're going to talk about these things because a lot of beautiful things can come out of hard conversations. And we wanted to be able to do that and have people be able to learn and grow and be able to advocate for people to have more access to accessible uh, or just more accessible medications and more affordable medications. Um, And so that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to get loud and change things. We don't know where this road's going to go, but it's going good so far. So we're going to keep it up. But I have been on these medications uh, in some form or another because I have this thing called step therapy that I had to do um, for about a year. I've lost 66 pounds. I hit all the stalls and all the land, but I usually come out on top. So hanging in there. Um, My whole life has changed. Um, I used to have binge eating disorder. I do not have that at all now. And that alone is incredibly freeing. I used to have horrible, debilitating, obsessive anxiety that is gone now. It turned off like a switch. I used to struggle with food noise and that has gone, turned off like a switch. And it's completely given my brain the ability to just focus on so many things, you know, like starting a podcast, you know, and it's just been great. And I just want to, you know, keep keep the conversation going. And these lovely ladies have joined me, which is excellent. So now that I have a real mom out, hey, Kat, what you doing? What you about? How's it going? Hey, what's up, Kim? (laughs) Hey, hey! I ch- see. I changed my name. I did finally find my glasses, but let's, let's mm. professional ish. Professional ish here. <laughs> are we? 
possible. Oh, my big old lights right there. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey, um, that's what editors were. <laughs> I am Kat Carter 7 on TikTok. <laughs> I too am also a uh, binge eating disorder recovering or recovering from binge eating disorder and um, struggled with that all my life. I've uh, been an overweight child all of my life um, and tried everything. And, um, and Gerald did actually just kind of like Kim said, do kind of switches case like that. It just turns it off. I would say not completely for me. Um, but I hit a wall so soon <laughs> and, um, it makes binging impossible, which is the point. I'm, I'm just trying to say sometimes, you know, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Uh, but it does, mm-hmm. it does shut things off. Um, so like uh, just for one example today, I'm making a cake and I made some fabulous icing and it was banging. And I was like, mm-hmm. do I want to, nah, nah. The but, coolest yeah. thing ever. Do I feel like, eh. You're like, no. <laughs> My cakes are the ball. <laughs> Even yeah. your gluten-free cupcakes, they're amazeballs. Oh, show. <laughs> what is the, what is it called again? So people can follow you right quick. We're going to plug it. Oh, I'm on Instagram. Loudmouth Bakes. Loudmouth Bakes. Yeah, one day I'll stuff. blow up and put a Bakes. website out there. Okay. Right up on IG. <laughs> Loud mouth bait. Cool, cool. IG works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Kat. Hey, JT, what you doing? Hey, are you? Hey. What you doing here? How's it going? Oh, I am just ebbing and flowing. <laughs> but no. My goodness. I, I, so you're not good. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah. You're here, but not here. ebbing and flowing today. But uh, yeah, Um you know, we always talk about how certain doses of medications, yeah. you know, kind of affect you in different ways. Well, today is one of those ways. And yeah. I was doing fine. I was cruising along, even in this 100 degree heat. Good Lord. I went to Target. I did all the things today. I was productive today. And oh, buddy. I'm like, yeah. oh, Okay. I but understand I'm that. So happy I know that feeling. Here. Yes. And I'll keep it yeah. short. I am, this is what happens <laughs> on TikTok and yeah. YouTube and Instagram. I believe in being consistent. The journey. Yeah. The, the world can only take one. Journey. Today <laughs> is the beginning of Virgo season. So, is it? Yes, today is the beginning of Virgo season, and we're going to cue any song that like praises Virgos. Yay! So, um, are there songs that praise Virgos? Yes, uh, yes. I'm I'm gonna need a playlist. Groove has Beyonce. Yes, uh, Beyonce has one on her new uh, compilation of songs, Renaissance. It's called Virgos Groove because she's a Virgo. Oh my goodness. Okay. But I I'm on TikTok. I'm a type two diabetic as well as uh, I have an autoimmune uh disease uh called Sjogren's uh syndrome. And I have late in life obesity. So um that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. Yeah. It's a good story. Thank you. Thank you. We'd like to have a good perspective here so that we um, are covering all angles. So that is why you will also have guest ghosts that come in and out. And um, so if you're new here, that's, that's how we like to roll. So anywho, today we're going to be talking about addiction. I don't know why I made it like a song, the song. I don't know. Anyway, 
I'm excited to talk about it. I think that's why I felt yeah. singy. Yeah. Um, so we have a community guest um, who's going to come in and share her story. Um, she has taken Manjaro um, for, I think, over a year now or something close to it. And we're going to let her kind of explain things. But again, like what we do is we like to give our guests the opportunity to take the space. So it is a safe space where people can talk about these things and not yeah. be, you know, censored. <laughs> and without further ado, I want to tell you who it is. Hold on. Our community guest is Brenda. Hey, Brenda. Hey, Brenda. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for You're being welcome. here. Yes, absolutely. So, hey, so listen, um, I know this can be sort of a weird thing, uh, especially if you've dealt with like obesity or addiction or anything like that, like a lot of us have, right, for a long time. It's hard to like keep your story short and you don't yeah. don't feel like you need to do that. That's why God made editors. You just be yourself, okay? Just be yourself and tell us your story. And if you need some help, we'll, we're here to support you and guide you through it. But go ahead and take the space. It's unfiltered, uncut. Okay. I'm Brenda. And I'm 51 years old. I've been married for 32 years and have four uh, adult children and one granddaughter. And um, I have a history of obesity that spans as far back as my memory will go. I can remember as early as five years old being very aware of my body size being larger than that of my peers and um, my family uh, genetics are um, very much inclusive of obesity. And um, I can remember as well, um, second grade, having a conversation with my mom about how unhappy I was with my size. And as many mothers from that generation, she felt that the best thing to do would be to help me learn how to restrict by not keeping certain foods in the house. Um, and by monitoring my intake of foods, and uh, it just began the vicious cycle of restriction and binging for me at a young age. And um, I never, through all of the years, I can think through middle school, junior high, high school, trying many different diets. She brought me to Weight Watchers. Um, at one point, we were on Herbalife together, Slim Fast, all of those things. And um, I never had any significant weight loss. I was always uh, obese and most of my life was spent morbidly obese. Um, by the time I got married at 19, I was 275 pounds. And the following year, I had my first child. And over the next six years, we had three more. And all during that time, I just continued to pile on the weight. Um, by the time I did have our fourth I was in the upper 300s, about 380 pounds, and in very poor health. And um, I was seeking medical treatment because I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was having uh, breathlessness. I could barely walk stairs without a problem and rapid heart rate. And when I would go to a couple different doctors, I was told I needed to lose weight, that that was the issue, and sent away with being told to diet and exercise. So I remained very ill until I ended up in an ambulance and brought to the hospital uh, to find out that I had Graves disease, autoimmune thyroid uh, that was causing the issues, which is very odd because most people that have Graves, you know, it's 
um, hypermetabolism. So they're rail thin quite often, but uh, I was not. So once I got the diagnosis and started receiving treatment, um, I was able to pitch some of the weight uh, and I got under just under 300. So maybe about 80 pounds came off um, and it didn't stay off. It came on soon after I took it off um, about by the time my youngest was two years old, um, I was beginning to gain it back and trying all sorts of interventions of, of at the time Atkins was popular. So the Atkins diet, the cabbage soup, everything. I know that we've probably all tried um, without success, but my shame was growing. And the more that grew, the more it drove me to binge and to hide food. I became a big food hider. Um, probably in my younger years, I did a lot of that too, to hide it from my mother. So that continued. Um, and I began drinking about that time too. So about the time that I was 29, 30, I began um, heavily binge drinking. And that just compounded my shame because I could not control my appetite for food or alcohol. Um, and I, I continued on like that for the next 20 years. And during that time frame, I had some other health issues come up and was eventually diagnosed uh, about 10 years ago with Hashimoto's autoimmune of the thyroid. Um, they had put me in remission from the graves quite a few years before that. And then this uh, occurred. And so I began to receive thyroid replacement for that, which, again, helped with the weight loss for a little bit. Um, but it wasn't long lasting. And about five years ago, I was diagnosed with papillary thyroid cancer and had my thyroid removed. And um, again, the disruption in, in hormones did not help my weight situation at all. Um, and I just spiraled further into weight gain from binging, restricting, and uh, binging alcohol eventually turned into a daily drinker. Um, uh, by the time we hit COVID time, I was really headlong into my addiction and that just exponentially increased my drinking, um, to be home all of the time. And, um, I went from drinking just in the dark at night to an all day round the clock drinking for a couple of years. Um, so I, July of 2022, I was seeing my endocrinologist, who's also an obesity medicine specialist. And over the years, he had tried, you know, Phentermine, Topomax, and diet and exercise regimens uh, with me that would be successful for short term. But when I went to see him in July of 2022, he, you know, I weighed in at 306 pounds and he said, when are you going to be ready to meet with a surgeon for bariatric surgery? And um, I told him that wasn't my plan. And he explained to me that my insurance would cover bariatric surgery. They wouldn't carry any, uh, cover any obesity medication. And he felt like this, you know, it was time for me to really do something drastic. So um, I still said, no, I wasn't interested at that point. And that is when he told me about Mount Jaro. He had just started using it in his patients, his type two. 
diabetic patients and was seeing great success with weight loss. And he asked me, would you like to try this? You would need to know that with this coupon, it's affordable, but that's going to end. He thought maybe in six months, he wasn't sure on the timeline. So he asked if I was willing to start a therapy that I may have to stop at some point. And um, I said, yes, I was willing to take the hand that was being, you know, offered me at that point. And when he described Manjaro and how he had seen it working, I was very excited. I left his office that day with a prescription. I came home and very excitedly told my husband about this new, you know, opportunity to maybe finally get a handle on this weight situation. Um, and proceeded to get completely wasted because I was celebrating and that's how I did that. Um, I woke up the next day miserable, assumed it was my typical hangover, but um, continued getting ill through the day and ended up with the flu. So it was about a week's time before I started Mount Jaro because I wanted to recover from that. But I did start the Mount Jaro. Um, day one, I had no desire to drink. Like day one of the injection. Now, I also felt some fatigue and not hungry and thought, you know, maybe that's why. Um, day two, same thing. I also, I didn't mention, I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day as well. This was something I'd started in childhood, smoking here and there. Um, and then in the last five to 10 years, it became a, a pack a day habit. No desire for cigarettes at that point. And I was just amazed. Every day I would wake up and it was the same scenario. I had no thoughts of having a drink, of smoking a cigarette. And um, I think I let that go for two months. I think I did my first speaking TikTok because when I got on TikTok, I just pretty much was documenting my walks. And then when I finally did a speaking one and told people, I think it had been a couple months and I was finally convinced that it was the Mount Jaro that had done this. I mean, I had spent years struggling, as I said, decades drinking like this. And the last year in particular, before Mount Jaro, I did buy a couple books about how to quit drinking because I was thinking, I need, I, you know, I'm desperate. I need to, I just, I need help, but could never ever envision a life without alcohol. That just was not the life for me, I was convinced. So um, to have those thoughts completely erased from my mind in a day is mind blowing. I don't know how to explain it. Um, yeah. I don't think you can until they like you, people take it and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. Like it's incredible. Yeah. And the headspace that it freed up. That was the amazing thing. So suddenly I had, and I think people talk about this with the food noise. It's probably just works on a very similar thing. Um, yeah. I had all of this headspace freed up to now think through why I had spent all of that time stuck in addiction and start dealing with those things, which was very scary and very uncomfortable for me because all of those years, my whole reason for drinking was to suppress any of those thoughts or feelings of what was wrong in my life or what was wrong with me. Um, so it's a lot of, it was a lot of a mess to start working through. And I believe I will be continuing to work through some of that stuff for the rest of my life. Um, and that's fine because I found out that as bad as I thought all of that would feel, it feels so much better to know that I'm alive. It makes me feel alive to work through these things and have these things to tackle 
um, rather than stuff myself with food and alcohol and feel nothing. So (laughs) for me, and I said this early on, I know everybody goes back and forth in this conversation. Is it a miracle drug? Is it a tool? Yes. My answer is yes. Um, It is both. And I stand by that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I say all the time too. And, you know, obviously like we had Rosie on and she's like, it's a miracle drug. And like a lot of people feel that way. But I, I think that something to, to think about there in terms of the miracles, it's not even necessarily that it's like, Oh, it's a miracle. It solves all the problems, all the things. It's that the experience that you have when you're taking it is nothing short of miraculous. Yeah. Right. Like you, they, just like you said, things you never thought possible, Yeah, you know, 100%. I, I really, and I do think too, like it frees up the headspace, but also it seems to bring some kind of clarity of thinking to a lot yeah. of us too, that just yes. wasn't there. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally mm-hmm. agree. And I think yeah. they've had some studies out there recently about that, about like what it's doing something about to your brain. I don't yeah. know. I remember we we're seeing Dr. Albert show some stuff about them. Like, yes, the brain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Dr. Carla, you know? Dr. Carla, Carla said, maybe my time on Mount Jaro, like, really work to rewire my brain. And yeah, I think she's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like I think, um, you know, as we're going through this journey, I often think that all we have is today, you know, so just like you, when you said you were starting, you know, on your journey and, um, and you were like, I I know it could end. I didn't even think about it that way because I really had no idea what I was doing. I just jumped in. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, through this, it has put myself, my brain and my body in a place to be able to connect dots that I was never able to connect before. Mm-hmm. Be able, it, like I'm able to make choices and gear shift in my mind in a way I've never been able to before my entire life. And I like that because it, it leaves room for the healing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the mental healing that comes with like, uh, frankly, all of the anguish of all of these years, the things that yeah. many of us have dealt with, you know, yes. and yep. that you know other miraculous thing. What? Like, Kim, there, we're going to call the icing on the cake. <laughs> Is this community? I know of, of all things, we're yeah. just, you know, making analogies, I guess, to, to cake and to sweets. Yeah. Um, but this community yeah. too is so healing. Like, I feel yeah. like this is like another level to it for all of us in this GLP one community is everybody's stories. I feel like everybody feels safe in this community mm-hmm. just to, to talk mm-hmm. about their, their stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. out of the dark. So I think it's, they, yeah, they I think it's in, good too. Because I think there are some people that are going to continue to keep their their stories private, but they I think right. they're healing through the ones of us that are like talking and like coming into our lives and moderating for us and commenting on our videos and asking questions and like we respond to them with videos. So it's like they don't necessarily have to be like these big outgoing personalities to be able to come and like be in our community and heal, which I think mm-hmm. is really special. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I think the community is amazing in that too. And yeah. It was, it was essential for me because I had spent so much of my life hiding. I would, you know, someone would have looked at me and said, Oh, you're, you're a functional drunk. Like you, you know, you show up for other people, which is true. I would show up for other people, never for myself. Like I didn't understand what that meant. Um, I would show up most of the time. Sometimes I wouldn't, my word was not what I wanted it to be. But so, so many people in my life, because I was hiding 
didn't really know the depths that I had gotten to. Yeah. And so when I was coming out of that and I was so excited and at a time when I really needed encouragement, they weren't necessarily the people at that point that could do it because they didn't know. But I had exposed myself to this group of people on TikTok who did show up every day for me and cheer on every tiny, you know, it's been this many days that I haven't had a drink. It's been this. They didn't know me from anyone, but yeah. they are some of the best people, you know, and yeah. I consider them friends at this point, whether I ever meet them in real life or not, they are yeah. family and friends to me. And it's priceless. It is. It's priceless. Yeah, that priceless. is so true. Yeah. And like, and we can try to like migrate to other platforms and different things like that. And I, I, I'm not sure like how possible that is. Cause I feel like we kind of tried when we, we could, by the way, this isn't censored. We can talk about it when TikTok was possibly <laughs> going to be banned and they're still going to bring that up. I feel like every three to six months, <laughs> probably till after the election, um, you know, but if anything, I just see it growing, you know, cause TikTok yeah. shop mostly, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I think it's the same. I, I worry about things like the algorithm and like what's being served up to us and stuff and how that keeps changing. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like they're innovating for the sake of innovation. Sometimes I feel like I don't get to see, like I went, you stopped Manjaro, which we can go into three months ago. And I yeah. have no idea. And you are li- literally one of my favorite creators. And I, I had no idea. I just came upon oh, your page one day and you were like, you literally, you must not even know. I'm like, I don't. And I'm yeah. on this thing constantly. Like, you know, and it so, is crazy the way it works. Yeah, yep. I know. Um, can you tell us a little bit about why that decision was made? How sure. you're now, yes. things like that? Yep. I um so in the past I have had issues with AFib that have come up often thyroid related before having my thyroid removed. Um, And in recent years, in the last five years, it's just been very occasional. Um, It's they, they said that there's no real rhyme or reason, uh, not enough of an issue that I need any type of treatment for. And I pop right out of it. It wasn't like, you know, lasting AFib. So all that was fine. I, by the time I got up on 15 milligrams, I was miserable. I wasn't sure what was going on, why I felt awful. I had some breathlessness. Um, I was having extended bouts of AFib, as it turns out, and SVT um, also. Where my heart, it's um, supraventricular tachycardia. So it's a very rapid heart rate. Um, And I had a couple scary incidents, one at the beach when I was walking it and one at the zoo with my kids where... I, I felt like I hit a brick wall just walking. I could not catch my breath, could not breathe. And my heart rate was, you know, well up over 200. Um, and it stayed up there for a long while, um, a long while, about eight hours, which is a long while at that rate. But um, so I tried, you know, we tried finding answers, tried to figure out what it was. Certainly didn't think it was the Mount Jaro causing it at all at that point. Um, Could not, everything else was checking out fine. Um, Thought maybe it was a dietary issue. So cut a bunch of stuff out of my diet to see if that helped anything. Um, I thought dairy, you know, was going to resolve it once I pulled that out. But even that did not, it's resolved some other things, but not that. Um, (laughs) But um the doctor sent me to a specialist who once he saw, they put me on a heart monitor and saw how it was going. And once he saw all that was going on, he said, you need to have, you know, heart mapping and ablation. And you've got these, it was like four different things, bradycardia, the SVT, the AFib, 
and one other arrhythmia, which I can't think of right now. But so he's like, we need to get this scheduled. So at that point, I spoke with my main cardiologist and said, I, I think I want to come off the Manjaro and see if this could possibly be affecting it. So he agreed. That's what I did. And uh, so the first after the first week I was off, maybe into the second week, the incidents slowed down of the AFib. The SVT stopped altogether, the super high. The AFib gradually slowed down um, till it was maybe once every two weeks at this point. Um, so I, I, and I think for me, I started feeling off probably on the 12.5, but I just passed uh-huh. it off. I remember. Yeah, that. like 10 was my like, last Something's thing. up. I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think the 10 was the last thing where I'm like, I feel really good here. So anyway, um, I, I've since, you know, met with the cardiologist and the the specialist, the electrophysiologist, um, and the electrophysiologist in particular, who was at a a pretty big hospital out this way, said that he is seeing this more and more, mainly in his patients that are on Ozempic. He hasn't seen it as much with Manjaro yet, but the increase in arrhythmia, if you had a pre-existing arrhythmia going on. Um, So he was not at all surprised that that's what it was. And um, I mean, I have AFib, like that's, that has not gone away and I will have that probably for the rest of my life. And maybe eventually I'll still need to do something about that if it ramps up. But um, it seems for now being off of the Mount Jaro has been the the solution. So that was, it was encouraging that it could be something that simple and so discouraging because uh, my time on, on Mount Jaro was so life-giving, but um, the transition off has gone well. It is life-giving. I love that. <laughs> Brenda, how is that the first time I've heard that? It's perfect because it's hard for us to say life-saving because we know this isn't a sustaining medication for life right. like insulin is, for example, right? I love that. All right. We're going to yeah. brand that, Brenda. Copyright. (laughs) 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 So it's been going well. I know. Yeah. And how, how about the weight loss? Is it still happening? Yeah, it's been, um, so far it's been like 15 pounds since I've been off of it in the last few months. Um, my goodness. I, all of the things that I thought were going to happen have not happened. Um, I thought, you know, I had terrible time with inflammation and back pain prior to Manjaro, none of that has returned. That could be from the weight loss um, and how physically active I've become. And um, what else was I, you know, of course I was worried about the weight gain just starting immediately. It didn't, I I don't have any cravings. I don't have any cravings for alcohol. I don't have any cravings for uh, food. Incredible. None of that has changed. And my appetite has not increased. My appetite is still at a Manjaro level. Um, which for me, and I've spoken about this recently, might be a lot for some people, you know, around 17, 1800 calories a day, um, is what I was doing on Mount Jaro and it's still what I'm doing. Um, so I, I understand that we're all going to be in the same position on medication or not because of the way that our body works from what I understand from doctors, which is, it's always going to try and fight you and get you back up to a higher weight. Um, so I know that those days will come where it's a struggle. But for now, I really, I am amazed by what I, I can only chalk it up to Mount Jaro, what it did in my body and brain and what it allowed me to do for myself yeah. while I was on it to really That's learn true. how to take care of myself and love my body and yeah. 
use my mind in ways that I had not before. So, yeah, totally. I, I, I have so much hope hearing that because like with all the issues of people getting their medicine and me wondering like, how in the world am I ever going to be able to afford a thousand dollars a month? For right. Like I, I'm not. Right. And know? I always am real sure to point out, I didn't come to the table with a diagnosis of PCOS, you know, or even of insulin resistance. I was never diagnosed with that. Yeah. Um, so I know that it's a different situation than other people that, you know, yeah. have, have had a different story coming off for sure. Yeah. And I, and I think that's probably where it goes back to not everybody's body is the same. Right. Yeah. And that's why telling somebody the diet and exercise and throwing that at every single body. And you think yeah. that that's going to work for every single body. That's just asinine. That right. makes no sense. Yeah. You know, and we know that like, you know, we know that now, but yeah. I don't think there's a ton of data on, um, on people, especially for Manjaro, mm-hmm. right. People who have stopped taking Manjaro who weren't type two, right. right. And, and years mm-hmm. later or months later, like if the weight returned, if the cravings mm-hmm. returned, you know, anything like that, yeah. I was, I think it's fascinating. I really hope that these studies that they're doing on addiction, like, is it possible to heal when the medication puts your mind in a place? Because if we think about it with like depression medication, if it's like mm-hmm. a situational depression and you're able to get in a place with your mind, right. Where it mm-hmm. puts you there and you're like, and then you do therapy and you do healing and you change your lifestyle. And then eventually people come off those medications. You don't have to take those forever. Like maybe True. weight stuff returns, but maybe the habit pieces that we couldn't control the lack mm-hmm. of control, maybe that changes, yeah. you know, because that is sort of like a precedent that a lot of these, you know, you can go on, for example, we right. And be on that for a year, make all these changes and then go off, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? So I, I have hope, especially for those people who struggle with addiction and maybe don't have a weight thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, that this, this will be something I, I, I really, Absolutely. I have such hope because I, uh, and in my family personally, and even with myself with addiction to food, uh, uh, you know, addiction is very, very strong, yes. you know? So yeah. I have, I have hope. Yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, no. Keep mm-hmm. talking. I, I just think I, it's nice to see your story. And like, even if things change, like, I feel like you're very transparent and mm-hmm. candid about what you're experiencing, yeah. like positive or negative. And like, I think going back to like what you were saying about, um, about your heart and, and like your health issues before that, like it was weighing the pros and the cons, right? Mm -hmm. Like you knew that something had to give and did it, was it worth the risk? Like knowing that you were already struggling with, you know, what'd you say it was AFib, right? That was what you were saying first, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, was it worth the risk? And I I think that there are not enough conversations going on for people in our community at the beginning with their doctor about let's talk about the pros and the cons. Right. I don't think enough of that is happening. 100%. That's why. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Not enough of that is happening. And it's, I'm not placing a fault anywhere on that, even with the Mount Jaro, mm-hmm. because I feel like had my endocrinologist known this info, had there been more info available for him at the time he prescribed it, we may have had that discussion because he knows my heart history, but even yeah. he was taken off guard. He was not, um, yeah. he was, I don't know. And he's, I'm sure I don't, I, maybe I shouldn't excuse him because I know he's prescribed a Zempic to type two for yeah. quite a while now. And that's right in their literature about this yeah. increase in arrhythmia. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I can't help but wonder, like, cause I, I don't have any of that. Like, mm-hmm. well, there've been a couple of times where my heart rate's gone up really fast and it was cause of dehydrated. And then, okay. and then I haven't had any other problems with it. And heart stuff is my family. That's what goes okay. my family. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Well, hopefully all the great cardiovascular benefits they talk about with Mondoro will be great for you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. There is hope. And that is the whole point, right? hundred percent. And that, you know what, that's another thing that's really helped with having to come off is the knowledge now that we have knowledge is power, right? So now we know there is like real help out there. And so if the weight comes back on, is there a possibility I could go on a GLP one, maybe at a low dose, you know, and and get some help 100%. Like, I think the future is very bright compared to where it was even 10 years ago. So yeah. Absolutely. And I think even things like rebelsis, right? They're the lower doses of semaglutide, like, or as they're making more pill versions, like, mm-hmm. especially people who have, you know, bariatric surgery, maybe they need smaller doses. Like right. there has to be a way, like yep. you didn't have any of that until you got to the higher doses, you know? Yep. And then 100%. even with, um, retitrutide, I know I say it's Southern, but even with that, I mean, they were seeing some, some increase in heart rate, but it wasn't until the, the, lo- the higher doses, okay. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm super curious, like how this all shakes out. I think it's kind of fun to be a part of it. Never did I ever think being like a real life guinea pig would be a good thing, but everything has been like, <laughs> everything has been so incredible. It's like hard to care. <laughs> We're just all guinea pigs at yeah, this yeah. point. And, and, yeah. and, and, you know, Brenda, you and Kim and Kat, you were saying at the higher doses, I can say I felt my heart rate increase on 2.5. Really, JT? I did. Mm-hmm. And, but it didn't last long, but I felt my heart rate increase a little bit. And I said, whoa, you know, whoa, wait a minute. And um, earlier this year, I had to have in uh, EKG, I had to have the whole cardio workup done yeah. in January because my EKG came back irregular. And yeah. because of my age, I'm 50, they said, oh, we need to send you to a cardiologist. So, and this was my PCP. And I said, okay. So I went and, you know, I had to do the stress test, you know, the whole nine. You wow. About, yeah. And you talk about scared and I've never really talked about it. Mm-hmm. But then when I started Mount Jaro, which was in January, my uh, cardiologist at, got my test results and he said, oh, everything's fine. Yeah. Okay. But mm-hmm. I did feel an increase in my heart rate, like mm-hmm. once yeah. or twice. And then it went away. And that was at the lower dose. So yeah, I, yeah. there are others out there that have had that similar experience. Um, and they seem to have adjusted to it over time. Yeah. yeah. But I, it's, I've been amazed, you know, to see the comments that come in either on posts of mine where I talk about it or uh, Lisa that talks about the, the cardiac issues. Um, how many people are on Mount Jaro that are on a beta blocker? And that's how, that's how their doctor has been able to keep them on it. Um, that was not an option for me because now that I've lost the weight, my resting heart rate is in the forties. Um, and so there's, there's no pill that I can take. That's not going to okay. plummet that. So yeah. Um, and what I is a resting heart rate usually like 80? 60 to 80 is supposed 80. to be like a good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the normal range. And I know mine was 90. Okay. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And, Before? Uh, <laughs> it was 90. I, 
I really don't know if it was before, but I can say about a month after. And I, in a way, I don't want to put that on the medication. No, it's okay. But, we have to talk about it. Yeah. Risk reward is so important. We have to talk about yeah. it. But, you know? but my resting heart rate was 90. And yeah. this was like around my second checkup while on Mount Jaro. I go every three months because I have to get a yeah. full blood panel done. Same. Yeah. And, and so I, my doctor said, I need for you to start moving. I need for you to start exercising. She said, exercise is not really to lose weight. She said, exercise is, is getting your heart rate up. And then when your heart rate is coming down, that's when you experience the weight loss. It's mm-hmm. not while you're while, while your heart rate is going up. It's the yeah. reverse. And she said, so we need to work that muscle and literally. Yeah. yeah I mean, literally. Yeah. 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 I think it's interesting. And I, you know, they do blood workups for me too, because again, like the heart stuff is a thing in my family. And I've been obese yeah. for such a long time. Um, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And this is the first time I'm like, wow, it's been a whole year, a whole year. And I've never, ever had this and it's still, still working. It's still, I mean, it really is incredible. The things that I've been able to change. I, I, it's still a struggle for me. Like I love to watch Brenda's what I eat in a day videos because one, I want to go eat there. Um, and, so she, and you also cook gluten, you, you eat gluten-free. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, that looks so good. Like, you know, but like, I haven't changed something about me, which is that I haven't like set aside time to like meal prep or do things like that. I tend to very much be like, put a rotisserie chicken in the refrigerator and make different things with the, throughout the week. Um, now is that cause I have two jobs? Probably, <laughs> but, but I think, I it's think hard, yeah, though, it is hard. Mm-hmm. It, it is hard, I, but I there's people like Brenda and there's people like Jamie, like people can do it. Yeah. I'm not know, even meal I prepping. I was going to say, I'm aware that I'm in a very privileged position of being the age that I'm at unemployed. You know, I don't work outside of the house yeah. and my kids are all gone. So I, yeah. it's that time of life for me where I can spend yeah. as long as I want making a tuna sandwich. Even if that's all yeah. it is, I can take my lazy right. old time. And not everybody yes. has that. That's so that's, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. My mom, when, when we were all gone, um, she got really into pampered chef. Do you know the pampered chef? Yeah. Ooh, and she I was like, that. I never knew how to cook until I did pampered chef. And now I know how to cook and I just take my time and I love it. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, really? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well, great. Cook for me. I'm coming over, you know, <laughs> you know, so like, that's not a place I've been in my life, but now my son's almost yeah. 11. I'm like, are we getting there? I don't know. Is it, is it going to be more than a rotisserie chicken and, and ground up turkey taco and mixing it with different things? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I think that you're on your way because I live, you know, and I'm, we're, we're very close in age and it's just a freedom of like, well, Mm. do I feel like eating this or do I feel like eating that? It is a freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, even with that freedom, and I'm not sure if anyone else can attest to it. It's just that you, my taste buds have just changed so yeah. much. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to even look in the refrigerator yeah, and I be do. like, oh, God, I like I'm vegetables now. Like, who am I? Who am I? I know. Like, I don't even know. Like, you know, it sounds like vegetables. rice and veggies. <laughs> <laughs> 
rice, rice and veggies for, for Monday yeah. night football last night. <laughs> I ate, I had six oven roasted wings, but I ordered six. I could, yeah. I think I ate two, but yeah. I ate the entire salad. Yeah. You know? Protein, yep. veggies, good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and before I'd be like, feel so restricted by that, but it's different when you're making the choice. Right. You know, it's different yeah. when you're like, I'm choosing to do this because I want to. It's like you don't want to, I don't know, your brain doesn't cut quite bucket enough or something. Like, you know, because you're restricting yourself because you want to. I don't know. Right. The brain stuff. We have got to find a neurologist to come on yeah. the podcast. I am, I am on the hunt. My bestie actually works at a neurology ward in Atlanta and I'm gonna like hit her up. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we'll get there. Yeah, she's a nurse, and she's on Manjaro too. So oh, that's fun. Nice. Yeah. Is okay, she part cool. of our community so, on TikTok? No, because oh. she works all the time. She's a night nurse, and she works all the time. And I'm like, will you just listen to my podcast? I mean, if you're listening, which means you're not. Why haven't you listened to my podcast? But she's just so tired when she's leaving work and she's got two kids and la, 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 you know, the whole story. But yeah, no, she's not. I, but she, technically she is a part of the community. I wish she just joined, like, come in, just do it. She's got so much stuff to say. She's smart. She, you know, she's a nurse. She's a nurse practitioner. No, she's not a nurse practitioner. She's an RN. Yeah. Like 20 years RN. She's fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's great. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Why am I even fussing about her? She ain't watching it. So, <laughs> anyway, hey, Brenda. Um, so uh, I want to make sure that you had a chance to like say anything you want to say specifically about your story. And then I will bring on our special guest. But I just want to double check first before we go. I think that's it. If you think I covered okay. it all, I'm probably done. I do. I know yeah. your story. <laughs> so It's good. It's so good to hear it. Yes. And I'm glad everybody else is going to get to experience it too. Thank Thousands you. I appreciate the time. Now, Brenda. Thousands of people. I think we're at like 6,000. Yeah. Right? Or, yeah. Great. yeah. Awesome. We, our audio, wow. our audio is really strong. And then we have our YouTube's getting really big too. So it's just girl, it's grows every hour. So we're, we're going to help people. We're going to do it. All yeah, right. Here we are. Okay. So hang tight with me and I'm going to introduce our guests. Okay. Everybody hang tight. Ready for our spot. Say goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to Ivim, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. iBeam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility programs. Hey, Dr. Joy. <laughs> Did you Hi. like your intro? Was yeah, that was very fancy. Right? I've literally lost 100 pounds since that photo. Oh, have you really? Um, oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. I, I blame our new social media. That was almost exactly a year ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh -huh. And you look just as lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, still, I think I was cute before, cute during, cute yes. after. That's oh, right. Yes. Oh, yes. I agree. I also feel cute all the time. So I think it's fine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that girl at all. No, no. Very much. Well, we're so glad to have you. Welcome. So for those of us, for those of us, like, like we do know you, we didn't. Um, but for those of us who don't know you, who are watching or listening, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you help people? So I am Joy Bracey. I am a licensed professional counselor 
Um, I am the CEO at an addiction treatment facility. I teach self-love and inner critic healing on social media and in workshops and retreats. Um, and I work with individuals on um, coaching for self-love and things like that, and also therapy. Um, I'm a mother of four. Um, I have my doctor of education in executive leadership. Um, and I have lost 103 pounds in 11 months on Mount Jaro and am having bariatric surgery in 12 hours. I'm having gastric bypass. 12 oh. hours. Oh well, my goodness. Wow. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, you know, so much for squeezing us in. <laughs> of course. I'm on the liquid diet, the pre-op liquid diet. So I need to be as busy as possible all day so that I don't feel starving. Because yeah. they made me stop taking the Manjaro, obviously. So How, I feel right. Did they make you? Did they make you stop it for a long time? I know they're still trying to figure that out. What's best practice? Just two weeks. Uh, mm. I stopped it myself before they even told me. I took my okay. last shot two weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So it's cool to know that you're here and that you have a background in all of this, but also that you're a community member. That's exciting. So um, a couple of things um, that I would love for us to hit on is like Brenda mentioned, you know, talking about, um, you know, I would, I don't even want to call it alcoholism, but, you know, just drinking to the point where she couldn't control it. Right. Or making that part of like her life and every day and not feeling like she was in control. And then um, I think for me and many others, like the addiction to food, right. The addiction of whatever it was, like whether it's the food or the dopamine hit or whatever it was trying to like make ourselves feel better. However it was like, uh, there seems to be with these medications, like something connected there you know, because it's helping people with different, you know, addictions in different ways. Like, what do you think about that in terms of like your experience, you know, with the medication or with others, you know, what is that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's so exciting. I mean, for a mental health professional, I also have struggled with using food to cope with life and feelings and to cover over my feelings. So it is so exciting to see these medications helping people with this. And for me in the addiction field, seeing the potential for helping people with um, alcohol use disorder or uh, nicotine use disorder, any number of addictions, uh, other behavioral addictions like shopping, gambling, sex, all of those, it's just a thrill. And I'm not an expert on GLP-1 medications, although I did take them for 11 months and have done a little homework on it. Um, so I just want to say, like, none of this is medical advice. I'm not a medical doctor. But, um, yes, no. <laughs> so these medications work on that part of your brain that functions to desire things. It works on desire, yeah. um, cravings, all of that. And yeah. it helps for, I know for me, just as um, Brenda mentioned earlier um the okay, special good. friend the editor <laughs> um i know like for me when after i started taking mondraro food lost that effect that ability to give me the feel goods that i would get from it just like brenda mentioned it did the same thing with alcohol it just kind of takes the the goodness out of it you're like oh why did i even do this before and um like I didn't, you know, it's not magic. Like I w went from, I made a video very early on in my TikTok days where I ate two candy bars because my sons were driving me crazy and I needed, you know, sh the sweetness and the sugar and I ate the candy bars. And then I felt, cause now I was working on self-love and being in tune with myself. I was like, wow, I felt the relaxation go over me. 
And that was really upsetting because it's like, well, no wonder I've used this for so long. It really works really well. But then after the Manjaro, I tried, you know, when I hit a stress bump or something, I would reach for those foods and it would be like, huh, like what just, it took, it took away its power. So then I was forced to learn to live without that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like, now I have to find a way to cope with tough feelings or a tough day that don't have anything to do with, you know, Mm -hmm. sugar. Yeah. I got to tell you that I remember that moment where I had that same feeling and I have done this for so long. Like I, I started binging when I was eight. Um, and I've done this for so long that when it happened, I didn't know what to do with myself. I had no idea Like, how am I going to feel better? How am I going to feel better? And that mental fear was intense. But through the community and through therapy, thank you, Jesus, um, you know, it really did help me be like, oh, you know what? I think that I don't need that. I think I'm enough. Mm. And that was a cool revelation. Like, I think maybe I don't need all these extra things. I think I'm enough. And that was, my brain could never do that before. Or maybe I could say it, but I certainly didn't believe it. You know, it's incredible. It really is. Yeah. Yep. Kat, I think That's you had a question. Nice. Sorry. Uh, didn't we yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> fine. So I just want to say, Dr. Joy, your content is really helpful on TikTok. I'd love it. Um, and I feel that you balance self-care with body love um, while on an obesity journey. I think that's really important. Um, and my question is, how do we balance this notion of loving our bodies um, while burning diet culture to the ground, um, all while taking steps to ultimately lose weight? Because I get stuck on this, like, are we still technically in diet culture if we are in the pursuit of losing weight? Um, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I love this question so much. And I'm so happy that you started with this because this is was my primary motivation for starting the TikTok mm-hmm. and doing all of my content was really like, I will need, I was 337 pounds and life was painful. There were so many limitations, things I couldn't do. And, I, but I always was body positive. I had learned to love my larger body and feel good about myself and identified in this body. And I didn't know how to do it. And I have figured that out over this year of figuring out self-love and teaching self-love. And that is, I think there's a few things. I think the first thing is that we have to honor and love all versions of ourselves. You will never, ever see on my page a before and after video that implies I was ugly or miserable or unworthy. And now I'm skinny and therefore I'm like so great. Um, These ways of thinking about what our bodies are here for just Mm -hmm. have to go. Our body Mm -hmm. is not here to be for other people's consumption, like for you to look at it or for him to desire it or whatever. My body is for me to use to be on this earth and like function as a human being. And really framing for ourselves, like what is your body for? Like, I don't look at my body all day. I feel my body all day but I don't really look at it that much. So who cares what it looks like? What does it feel like? How are you using it? What does it need from you? I think taking the focus off of this is how I want to look to this is how I want to feel helps a lot Mm -hmm. with this. And I think framing it 
in a way for other people when you talk about your weight loss um, is so important. Like when you put up that picture of me and I noted I've lost a hundred pounds since then, but I yeah. made sure for my own self-worth and mm-hmm. for her self-worth, because I take care of all former versions of myself. I said, but I was beautiful then. And you could leave yes. that picture. I leave up pictures around my house. I don't hate her. She did a lot with the weight yes. of like five bags of 40 pound dog food extra on her body. She was amazing. So I think it's about, and reinforcing these messages to yourself until you really feel it. But also the way we talk about it to other people, Mm -hmm. you know, when people say you look amazing, I say, I feel amazing. And I really feel like I looked amazing then too. I I reinforce that message to people so that other people can't make me a part of diet culture without my consent. Right. You're not going to use my story to perpetuate your diet culture fascinating. Yeah, obsession. totally. I think, um, I, I look back at pictures of myself and I always thought it was lovely. Um, but it was more thinking about like my face and my spirit and, you know, those kinds of things. But so many times of my life and dealing with this forever, like every three to six months, I was on some sort of diet, you know, Oh, I'm going to get my shit together now. Sorry. Everybody, you know, and like, I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it and had enough. I'm done, you know, because people have, if it didn't work, the constant consistent message was it's because you are lazy and that is why you are fat and it is your fault. It is a moral failing. And that is really, really hard to get out of your head. So I feel like I did at some point start to just kind of accept it and give up almost, you know? Um, And I did decide to like love who I was, but it didn't matter because when I would, it didn't matter. Like that's the thing because I couldn't control my food and that, that addiction to food and that addiction to binge eating and, 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 and feeling like, I don't even know, like, I don't think it was a control thing. I don't even really understand it to be honest, but it's that piece of it made it so difficult to love the me that was underneath all of that. Cause it was loud and big and you know just so so easy to hear tell myself all these negative thoughts right just like how everybody else was saying to me too until I believed them you know and it's amazing the medicine can put you and I was mentioning with Brenda put you in a place mentally where you're able to do that work you know because it is it is work it is work you know it it frees you up to really look at what's happening, feel your body, experience it instead of covering over it and running from it. I spent my whole first 47 years of life running from my feelings and cover covering over my feelings. Totally, They were not acceptable. I did not know what to do with them. I didn't let myself experience them unless something was really bad, but just the day-to-day, you know, stressors, I just didn't let myself feel it. It wasn't acceptable. I had to keep moving, keep it moving, eat something and keep it moving. Um, and so right. learning how to live differently is just a huge thing. And the medicine really allowed for that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's cool that you've experienced <laughs> that and that you could help that help others. You know, I love that so much. Love it. Love it. All right. Um, so I want to build on this as well. We're, we're, we're getting, we're getting somewhere good and juicy. <laughs> um, so let's say we wake up on any day of the week Um I sometimes get this too, and it's a tough one, and I end up in the grumpy land, Um, and our minds immediately kind of take us south. Um, We're tired, family issues, overwhelm, um, you name it. It starts to rear its ugly head. Um, What sort of tools do you share with your clients to help keep in their back pockets just for situations just like this? 
That's such a good question. And yeah, so for me and what I teach my clients is that you have to let yourself feel your feelings that a, you are not your thoughts. Like the things that you think are not who you are. Your brain is just busy, busy trying to fill up your mind and keep you, keep you busy with thoughts, but they're not who you are. And your feelings are not in charge of you and they don't require an immediate response. In the pre self-love version of myself, um, I would have a difficult feeling. And if I let myself feel it at all, I needed immediate resolution. If there was a conflict with someone, if I was wondering what so-and-so was thinking about what our last interaction was and stressing out, or if this person that I'm dating isn't texting back right away, anything, I just needed out of the misery of the bad feelings right now. Like no, t- no ability mm-hmm. to just cope with some stress or negativity going on. And so the first thing is that your feelings don't run your life. They're just feelings. You can be like, oh, hi, like I see some serious anxiety about this situation over here. That's interesting. I wonder what about this has me so anxious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's just like you said, a bad day, whatever. There's nothing really to explore. There are no healing rocks to turn over, but maybe it's just, all right, well, there's no way past this except for through it. And today I'm just going to love myself and be gentle with myself and just allow myself to feel these things, you know, name the feelings. I am stressed. I am tired. I am really anxious. It helps so much just to identify the specific source. You know what? I really realize that I am anxious that this person will not love me anymore because of something that I said, or I'm really anxious because I don't know if they like me at work or whatever is underneath then frees you to heal from that. But a lot of times it's just letting yourself experience it without the panic because it will pass. You're not going to wake up tomorrow still stressed about this little thing that has you down right now. And if it is, then tomorrow you can take action steps or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the main thing. Yeah. Wow. That's a feelings. Yeah. Honor yourself. Feel your feelings. Feel feel your feelings and mm-hmm. go through them as opposed to trying to avoid them. Yeah. As a binger, I can yeah, I can totally understand that because we used to always eat our feelings, you know? So totally. when you're wow. a kid, you know, a lot of us, my parents did the best that they could, but when you're you know, in the seventies, the best they could wasn't as good as what people are doing now with our kids. Right. As far as emotional regulation mm-hmm. and teaching, mm-hmm. but yeah. when you're a kid and you have big feelings and maybe the parents or the adults are, are having their own big feelings that they can't deal with. And it feels like no one can handle what is going on. Then you have to find a way to just like push it down. And yeah. kids really, a lot of times, if they're lucky, the only thing they have on hand to push down feelings is food. Sure. Kids develop weirdness around like only eating certain kinds of food or whatever because it's a control thing and this is how they can cope or sure. they're hiding how much they're eating. They're looking forward to the sugar and they're using food because that's what's in the kitchen, you yeah. know. Um, so it, when you grow up like that, stuffing your feelings, 
with anything, with anything. Like if you take food away from me, my next go-to would probably be shopping or, you know, love, you know, things like that. So it's, it, you have to get to the bottom of what it is you're running from, what it is that scares uh-huh. you so badly about your experience. And I felt like I would, I was going to combust. Like if this isn't resolved yes. right now, or if I can't stuff this or get away from it, I'm just going to die of this feeling. It felt like yeah. life and death and it yeah. isn't. You can survive yeah. some bad feelings. Yeah. That's so true. I have felt a lot of them on this journey. That is for sure. I mean, there is so much, so much trauma. Like our community is beautiful and powerful, but we are full of trauma, you know, and it's, and and sometimes it rears its ugly head and we all have to forgive each other and find a way to move forward, you know? Um, And uh, because we're, we all usually can empathize in some sort of way, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's true. Mm -hmm. And the sitting with it, the sitting with the emotion and being like, it's okay to feel like this in this moment and take this time to be, to feel it. That is what can I do while I'm, what can I do while I'm going through this to Mm -hmm. make it easier? Can I take a hot bath? Can I call my best friend? (laughs) Scrolling tends to make me feel worse, but you know, whatever makes you feel better, great. Like how can I pass this time and do some self care while I know I'm going through this anxiety or stress? Totally. Is Is it, you know, a hot bath? Is it calling your best friend? Is it, you know, whatever, something that is productive and actually self-care when eating a snicker bar or 10 felt like yeah. self-care, it actually was detrimental. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. I do make you feel good that are actually. Self-care. Yeah. I do remember this moment and God, I can, I can track this podcast all the way back down to this moment where Rachel, a girl in our community, who's been um, a co-host with us several times. I know, right. Um, and I, she was, she was a bigger creator and, um, and I was just really dealing with it. And I had gone out to red lobster with my family and I ate two biscuits. I hear it's a thing. I, I don't eat gluten. So first of all, I was going to be sick as hell the next day. Um, and second, you know, I felt like I had made a bad choice. Like I had chosen a bad food and made these bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And I had gone so far. I had come so far and I'd lost like 30 pounds at that point. And I was so proud of myself and 30 pounds is my number. I can do, that's all I can do. Right. And I made this choice and I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, like I feel really bad. And that was my behavior change because usually I go upstairs and eat more. Usually I go upstairs and be alone and beat myself up. But instead I reached out to a friend and I went to the community. I had another day where I had the same kind of thing. And I was like, I'm going to make a behavior change. And that's what I've been able to do on the medicine. And it's true. Like it could be, and it wasn't like I was going and, you know, going to TikTok and like scrolling FYP. Like I was going to the friends that I follow that are going through the same journey, which is community. Right. And I think that was what worked for me. Everybody's different, but now I probably spend too much time on there. <laughs> what equals too much? <laughs> Sorry, JT. I know you <laughs> yeah. Look, no, no, no. I, it's, I, I think that the conversation is 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 good because yeah. these are almost like open ended questions. It's like we're asking a question, but it goes yeah. somewhere completely different. But it's somewhere we need to go, though. So totally, totally. I, I I just wanted to ask. Well, we wanted to ask. Uh, you recently posted a TikTok that uh, truly resonated, and it was about your journey of losing one hundred pounds. Uh, versus 
wanting it to be, you know, gone so quickly, the wait to be gone quickly. Could you share some of your perspectives of seeing the bright side of the process and not wishing for overnight success? Yeah, that's so hard. I mean, I, I totally relate to wanting those immediate results. I mean, as a person who has struggled to get into an exercise routine her whole life, I, you know, we'll spend two weeks like, well, why am I not in a size eight? You know, I don't know what's happening here. Um, but what in my experience, losing 103 pounds in 11 months has been is that those 11 months have been invaluable. It has given me time to adjust to, to the changing body that, you know, to get used to it. Um, and to learn how to take care of this body. If someone had waved a magic wand and put me in a size eight overnight, which I'm not, I'm now in like a size 16, sometimes a 14. Um, if someone had put me in a size eight or 10, which is probably about the goal, then I would have lost those 11 months of being rewarded for all of the effort and learning what my body needs and wants and responding to that. And I feel like loving your body takes time. We, when you love another person or you fall in love with someone that usually doesn't happen overnight, or it might be infatuation, but typically like to build real love takes some time. And the same is true for yourself and your body. Another thing is that just biologically losing a hundred pounds has been a trauma to my body. My body and my brain are freaking out. Like I have lost a yeah. third of myself. My body is like, you've lost a third. <laughs> eat some I mean, it really is very difficult yeah. for your body. So taking your time with it is actually better for your body too. And if you're in that mode of taking care of your body and giving it what it needs, then, you know, responding to that need to like, be like, okay, losing a third of yourself is pretty stressful. Let's take it slowly, you know, mm -hmm. and the time is going to pass. You know, I don't, those 11 months weren't lost because I was still a fat girl. Like I did amazing things in those 11 mm -hmm. months. And for the next 11 months, I'm still going to be a fat girl and I'm still going to do amazing things like yeah. going from fat to skinny overnight. Like what value does that really have in our lives? Yeah. anyway? especially if we're trying not to participate in diet culture. Right. Yeah. yeah. Love yeah. yourself today. You know, I borrow a lot from AA. So Brenda might recognize like just for today, just for today, I'm going to take care of my body just for today. I'm going to love myself. What does how much I weigh the number on the scale have to do with that? What does how quickly I moved down the scale have to do with that? Nothing, mm -hmm. nothing. Yeah, that's also OA. I did OA for a while. So yeah, yeah I totally yeah. get it. Just for today. Three zero one, three meals a day, zero in between, <laughs> one day at a time. <laughs> yep. ah. Wow. Okay. Well, of course, at first I thought when you said 301, that that's the state of Maryland's, you know, area code. So I was like, wait a minute, what? No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> three zero one. Yeah. But yet yeah, so Another question is, we touch on many aspects of weight loss journeys and food addiction. However, we could argue that if we're you know, truly healing, it would be a mental health journey with the byproduct of weight loss. What are the major facets in mental health, in, in a mental health journey that are crucial 
in our healing, such as activity, connection, things like that. So I think from my perspective, especially since I'm a self-love, you know, lover of self-love, I think that self-love is the most important thing. I could not have done what I've done without loving myself. And um, I've lost 80 pounds before and without self-love, I gained it all back. In fact, I panicked at 80 pounds and purposefully gained it back. I mean, as purpose can do that Um, because I hadn't addressed what it was going to be like to live without my coping mechanism. So it was like, Oh no, no, you know, I can't, I can't keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think self-love is so important to your mental health journey. And the byproduct of that would be weight loss. Um, Connection with others is documented by data to be the number one, most important thing to anyone's mental health. Um, so that is always important. I think moving your body in ways that feel good in ways that your body responds well to and can tolerate feels good. It's great for your mental health, well-documented and good for, you know, your, your body and, and, and your fitness. Um, I think that taking care of ourselves and learning how to, to prioritize our needs, um, Mm-hmm. set boundaries, um, take care with ourselves. You know, when I saw the 337 pound version of myself on that screen, I thought, wow, you know, look at her. And, and that is something that you have to practice. Like that doesn't just come naturally. And it, you have to practice recognizing the beauty in yourself and giving yourself credit for like making it in this crazy difficult life. Um, mm-hmm. But just taking taking it slow, focusing on, you know, self-compassion. I think giving yourself compassion for your mistakes or your bad days. Like I'll, I'll, I have not talked about this to anyone, literally not a single person, but I'll disclose that in the two weeks since I took Mandaro, I was fine the first week. Obviously I had the medicine on board, but this last week, knowing that I was going into bariatric surgery and without the Mandara on board, I was, uh, you know, the food choices were very different. I didn't go way overboard, but I would say I made choices that I would have never made just out of sheer fear, you know? Mm. And instead of at the end of a day, I would be like, wow, like you made some really different food choices today and had compassion for myself. I say, you know, you're about to go through something really scary. Life is going to change and you're ready for it. And you've proven that with a year of very hard work emotionally and physically. And it's okay. You know, you, you're going to be fine. It, you, you're doing the best that you can instead of, Oh my God, just like you said earlier, Kim, like I ate some bad food or whatever, you know, like the harsh judgments of ourselves. Um, I talk to myself as I would my best friend. If my best friend said, I'm having gastric bypass in a week and I ate some cookie dough last night and I feel really bad about it, I would say, oh my God, you were about to have this major life change. You know, I would have compassion for her. So I've learned to give that to myself. And I think that is absolutely like the cornerstone for any positive changes that you want to make in your life. Wow. Oh, kindness. Oh, look, look, oh, okay. Well, my, my, my final question, well, no, my next final question is as an addiction counselor, do you see a, uh, a future for GLP-1 scripts being written 
specifically for substance abuse disorders? Gosh, I really hope so. There is data I read up on the studies. They've studied in rats, in mice, uh, other rodents, and um, in non-human primates, so monkeys, you know, apes. They have given them this medicine and it is working. It is reducing alcohol consumption. Um, they have a lot more studies to do before this is being prescribed for that. Um, or that of course FDA approved anyway, but um, there's so many testimonials that I've seen on TikTok and other places of people saying like, this is life-changing. It's helped me with my cravings for all sorts of things, not just with food, because truly the mechanism that makes, that made me want to eat a Snicker bar so that I could cope with difficult children um, is the same mechanism that makes an alcoholic want to drink or a sex addict want to have sex or whatever. I mean, the addiction, certain drugs are much more highly addictive, right? So a person who is addicted to opiates is having a very different experience from someone who has a behavioral addiction like gambling or something. There's literally a, a substance that's taking over. But for these things that are all generated out of here, there's so much hope with this medication and so many amazing, great stories and people be being willing to be vulnerable and share. Uh, it's changing the world. And I'm so hopeful. I'm so hopeful. Well, well, I know that I'm, I'm hopeful to my, my, my father battled addiction and I don't think I've, you know, disclosed that as part of my journey, but my, my dad battled addiction. And I was talking to my mom earlier today and I said, mom, I wonder what would have happened if these medications were available to him, like, would it have been a different outcome, you know, but, um, he, you know, passed away from heart, from a heart condition, but he still battled addiction. So thank you for that because I really haven't talked about it, but I see the power of this drug class. And I wonder if he were able, if he were here and if he were able to take it, what would be now? What might've happened? I've also lost a loved one that way. And I just want to send you so much love and um, you're speaking so beautifully and with compassion about him. And I think that's a good mm -hmm. thing. It's wonderful. Um, and I want to note that all of this is biological and genetic, right? When I have surgery, they put me in the hospital and give me surgery, not tomorrow. I don't think they do this tomorrow, but on other more painful surgeries, for example, and they prescribe opiates for me. I don't like the way it makes me feel. It's just no. kind of like, it, I, don't, I don't feel hazy. And, but some people take that medicine and feel euphoric, like literally like all the sunshine and roses. And they just yeah. feel like getting a million kisses from a puppy, you know, like so good. And why is there a difference? Is it because that person is weak of character? No. You know, is it because they're a bad person? No. They have different biology. Just as different as we all look here, there's five of us and we look five different ways and there's mm -hmm. just a million ways for all of us to look, even though we're so close genetically, right? 
how our bodies respond to different inputs, food, medications is, is also very different. So alcoholism is primarily a genetic thing. Like it, it's, it's just in you. Like I've, I can drink and never become an alcoholic because I just am not wired that way, but give me donuts and I'm, you know, headed to trouble town. So there's a lot of people who can eat half a donut and like share one with someone, you know, that is not, so it's genetic. And so if we can start to frame this in these ways, like a food addiction, but also all these other things as not moral failings, you know, this is just biology and, and medicine helps us deal with biological issues. Um, yeah. And thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yes. But I'm, I'm beyond great, thankful every day, grateful, thankful, all of that. But with talking about like the addictions and like the fears, so, so many future and current GLP one community members, you know, state that they're afraid to take a, a prescription like Maljaro, they'll say, well, I have it in my refrigerator and I'm just afraid to take it. And then, you know, they'll ask a lot of questions and it's like, you can feel, I can't even describe what it is, but I, it's more than apprehension. But what are some of the causes of this type of fear? I think that change is scary in general. So especially people with obesity, we've been living like this and coping the way that we cope. And you're saying that this medication is going to take that away from me. And so then your brain is going to find all kinds of ways. Um, In the addiction field, we know that addiction wants to survive. So any threat to the addiction is going to be met with resistance by the person. So if you say to a person here, I'm going to send you to addiction treatment. It's no big deal. It's a beautiful like spa like environment. You're going to love it. The addiction is like, no. And we're going to think of every reason why that is a terrible idea. I mean, I'm not going to be able to hug my kid when he goes to bed at night or you know, I'm going to be too far from home or what, I'm, what about work? I'm going to miss work. I mean, it just will come up with the whole yeah. litany of reasons why this is terrible. And yeah. I think that that's one thing that might be happening for people is that you're saying like, I'm going to be skinny and I'm not going to want food anymore. Like, I don't know, because I've really used this to survive. Food is how I survive. Mm-hmm. So you're going to take that from me. And the food addiction is going, mm-hmm. Oh no, no. I mean, you don't want to, you're afraid of needles, aren't you? And uh, this medication is new and it could have side effects. And, you know, what are people going to say about you if you take medication to lose weight? I mean, I just don't know about this. So there's that. Um, I think it is scary, you know, injecting something into yourself seems like a lot. That seems pretty, it's a big leap, I think, for some people. Um, and I think that for so, there's, I think, as we all know, there's only five medications to treat obesity. And until now, you know, those have been pretty scary medications. Um, These are stimulants, they're speed. Everybody knows in the 80s and 90s, I surely did have my turn at the Aspen Weight Loss Clinic with Fentermine or whatever. The Fentafen that killed people. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's this ingrained fear about weight loss medications. 
you know, what is it going to do to my heart? What is it going to do? And then you hear something like Brenda's story and that there's good reason for some people to be afraid. So Mm -hmm. I think there's that. And then I think fat phobia is internalized. Fat phobia is so ingrained in our culture and in our own minds that anything like this is just, you know, the easy way out. And, you know, for me, I have been obese since I was about 24 years old and overweight since I was about 19. Um, And I would think I would consider bariatric surgery for many years. I did. And I thought, no, I can do this myself. I can conquer this myself, which is just internalized fat phobia. Because now when mm. you should do this yourself or can't, you've done this yourself for, you know, hundred pounds. Why don't you just keep going and do this yourself? Well, I am myself, I'm going to have to do it like surgery or not medicine or not. Nobody's going to come into this body and, and like exercise and eat less and figure out the emotional aspects of it so that I can lose weight. I have to do that myself. So I think that's like another part of it is just harsh judgments about how this should be done you know, that it's not okay, but truly we're learning. It's a biological problem with a biological solution. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I get this question all the time. My lies it's in my refrigerator, Mm -hmm. but I just can't do it. It's been in there two weeks. I just can't do it. Why am I so scared? And like, my answer is always like, it's super biological, like a natural for you to be afraid of something like this, but like lean into the logic you know, the, the decisions that you made with your provider based on your history, based on all the data and the facts and the land for all the years, you know, like lean on that instead mm-hmm. of the fear, you know? And, and I mean, I think that does seem to help some people, but I mean, it is a leap of faith sometimes, you know, and it's an injection. So once yeah. you inject it, you're stuck with it until it wears off. So yeah, totally. <laughs> that part is super <laughs> right. That's right. why I liked Big Toe's Sex Sunday, because you just like, screw up one day and then like fix it the next day. Right. <laughs> the weekly one, you're stuck with it. Yeah. I mean, this is why I have never done hard drugs, because I'm terrified of this whole like idea that you take a dose and then you're stuck yeah. with whatever the effects yeah. are until it wears right. off no control. <laughs> so I think it's natural for people to be yeah. afraid of something like that. It's not like I take a pill, I experience something for one day, and then I can choose not to take the pill tomorrow. It's not like that. No, but, it's not. You know, yeah. It, you got to pick what's pick your discomfort. Is it yeah more comfortable to be three hundred and fifty pounds or whatever is a person's yeah, weight totally. prescription and they're afraid, or is it more comfortable to deal with a little bit of fear about the medication? I think mm-hmm. we have to pick. You know, mm-hmm. your, pick your hard, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Me, nothing is harder than living every single day in a 337 pound body. It was yeah. very hard. It's and very I'm painful. So grateful to myself. I am so grateful to 337 pound me for yeah. taking this leap and starting this journey and getting me to where I'm at now, because that was yeah. really hard. And I don't choose that one. Surgery tomorrow yeah. is going to be hard. My recovery is yeah. going to be hard. Adjusting to this new way of eating is going to be hard. None of that is going to be harder than living in a 337 pound body for yeah. me. Some people right. for you are going to say, no, this is, I can do it. This is fine. And that's great. If you're loving your body and that's, mm-hmm. you're comfortable mm-hmm. and happy there, then awesome. Totally. Well, that I, was a I lovely way it. to wrap it all up. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> That's a perfect wow. ending. Yes. Thank you so that, much, both of you. Wow. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah. This Can I just well, put uh, a quick plug in for Dr. Yeah. Joy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 
the truth bombs that she has thrown at us tonight that I've seen some of you reacting to very strongly. I've been hearing this stuff all through the year because Dr. Joy has given her time freely for the TikTok community to run the self-love book club. And on a weekly basis, she has just given her time to us to teach. I can't tell you what I've learned from her. It has made all the difference in my life to learn how to love and take care of myself for the first time. And I'm, I'm so appreciative, Dr. Joy. You really show up for this community every day. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Speaking I love y'all. That, where can we find you, Dr. Joy? Where can our, our audience find you? Like your yeah. socials and your so work. I'm all like over all the all the, yeah, I'm all over social media at, at, at D-R-J-O-Y-B-R-A-C-E-Y, Dr. Joy Bracey. And I mostly live on Instagram and TikTok, um, but I'm also on Facebook and some other things. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a link in my um, on my website, which is linked in all my bios on, across the platforms mm-hmm. where people can sign up for the book club. It is this uh, next book that we're going to be reading is by Tara Brock, um, Radical Acceptance, um, mm-hmm. Embracing mm-hmm. Life with the Heart of a Buddha, I think. And Radical oh, Acceptance cool. is w- w- one of my newer assignments I've been working on with myself. And it's life changing. Incredible, incredible, incredible. Um, That's awesome. Can that we can we put the link in the show notes for our listeners? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Accepting yeah. the things that you cannot change, it makes life so much more peaceful and happy. Mm. So true. Yeah. So true. That's what we're going to be working on in ourselves. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. What a long conversation you. this was. I really appreciate it. I am going to exit you stage left, but I just wanted to make sure I, I showed you our gratitude again. So thanks so much for, I hope this will help people. I'm telling you every single episode, I get a message from somebody that says, that sounds like me. I'm going to go see my doctor every single episode. So even if it helps one person per episode, I think that's winning, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. I hope you have a great night. Thank you. Have a great surgery. If I can, if you, if that's great. surgery. We'll be watching your TikToks and rooting for you. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Oh, that was so nice. That, oh, I learned, God. man, I got to tell you, Dr. Joy said some things and I was like, oh my God, that's gorgeous. Like I was like, I had never thought about it that way before. You know what I mean? She said some I mean, it was sound just bites. Like, yeah. She said some, some sound, sound bites. bites it was were, awesome. That were like a gut, well, not a bad yeah. gut punch, but no. just a gut punch. And I oh. like, you know, yeah. I, I mean, like the fact that she, I've, I've never heard addiction explained the way that she explained it. Yeah. To, I've, yeah. I've never heard really it. good. Yeah. yeah. It was super good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Failing. Well, let's, um, let's go ahead and do our, our sign offs. If you have any NSVs yeah. you want to share or any kind of new quotes you want to share. Uh, we've been at this for quite a while now, so yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure that Look, we, we don't have to be too long. You know how we go? We, they're good conversations. They're organic conversations. They end up in other places. Think of this like a book club. You know what I mean? Like we're just. <laughs> we're going to get on the Dr. Joy's book club. Yeah. Right? I know. Absolutely. Super interesting. Yeah, I know Brenda and some other people in the community do that and and really like it. So, and it's a journey, right? Especially like mentally, like we've been mm-hmm. talking about. So yeah. Very cool. I can't wait to see what comes from this class of medicine for, for addiction in the future. I'm very excited, you know? Yeah. All right. Yes, um, so I'm going to be basic tonight Okay. <laughs> and, and mine is okay. going to be for sure. Like, obviously you're not alone. 
you know, and it's not your fault. Like we've discussed all the things, you know, and it is biological. And if you're able to fix the thing that's going on biologically, then you have the opportunity, right, to fix the other mm-hmm. things or address the other things. So that's what I got for tonight. What about you, Kat? You know, it's not really a quote and it's not really a, well, I guess as an essay, but I caught myself for the first time um, trying, entertaining the idea or the thought they're doing a 100 mile ride um, at my cycle bar in November. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But if I was like yeah. today, hmm, should I do, do it? Maybe. Ride a bike for six hours. Five to That's six a lot hours. of hours. People do that it is a 50 lot. miles last year, and it was basically you know, three three hours. I mean, yeah. think about it this way: if you do it and you don't finish, at least you did it. No, they they'll make you know. I have yeah yeah. At least I think I'm. Tried. I've actually caught myself that I'm gonna. I like I, I feel like there it. are people that try to climb mountains and they don't make it all the way to the top, mm-hmm. but they freaking climbed a mountain and most people didn't even try. You know, I'll stay with Kennesaw Mountain. <laughs> okay, Kennesaw Mountain <laughs> out here in Georgia. <laughs> okay, okay, but you know, I maybe think so. I'm gonna do it. I think, I'm I think you should. We'll be rooting I you think on. That you should. Yes. Yeah. All right. That means I have to do two classes every Sunday just to get oh my, my body gosh. ready. You can do it. Look, I you can do okay. it. You're so tough. You can totally do this. Yeah. You oh, love it. You it gives you so much joy. No, this is a goal. This is something that brings you joy. True. Just like Dr. Joy was saying, right? Like, you know, there are things that will are good for her, right? That may not be good for you. Like, that sounds like horrible misery and pain to me. But I know you <laughs> and I know how much you love that and the joy that it brings yeah. you and the control that you feel. It's the camaraderie, the power, the community, like the camaraderie. Yeah. Yes. So if that's something you want to do to challenge yourself, then I think you should, you know? Do it. And if, if you're talking do about it. it, you've already decided. I think exactly. Yeah. What about you, JT? What's your what's your uh classic sign of? Yeah. Well, uh, you know me. It's marathon, not a sprint. (laughs) Yes. Because it is. (laughs) Seriously. And NSV last night, Monday night football. I turn into a completely different person during football season. And yeah, mm -hmm, I do. And the a couple of the servers who uh, our, our dedicated servers from last season, when I walked in to the restaurant, they literally looked at me and they asked, are you the same girl that comes in here all the time during yeah. football season? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's me. They're like, right. oh my gosh, you look so different. And then a one actually pulled me over to the side and asked me, what are you doing and she said, I need help. And I actually talked to her. So, yeah. Yay. That, that was my NSV. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and end it for tonight. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We hope this Thanks, will everybody. help you out. Thank and you. And hasta la pasta. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.